The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This episode of Podcast Beyond is brought to you by PlayStation View, a new live TV service available through your PlayStation console. No annual contracts and no surprise fees. Better TV has arrived. Game the system. Beyond! Do not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Like a pack of coyotes. Oh, hello. How are you? Oh, hi. Hi. So you just caught us in the middle of our amazing meat meal. <laughs> a nice, hard honey-baked ham from our good friends on the internet. Mm-hmm. I'm really sorry about this. Um, hey, everybody. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Podcast Beyond, <laughs> episode 433. Yeah. We have a ham. We were literally sent a ham by a man named Joe Scott. Hey, can we, can we do that over? Hey everyone, welcome to the Podcast Beyond episode. What was it? 373? 433. 433. Second back. We have a ham! This yep. is great! Yep. We made jokes about ham and they materialized like a bad magic wish. It's really like the weirdest wish to be like, wow, let's make a bunch of jokes about hams yep. and then here's one shows up. <sighs> yeah, so as I mentioned, it's a Podcast Beyond. I'm Max Scoville with my Marty Sleva. It's the best thing about this. Andrew and I were in Vegas when this whole ham thing happened, but we yep. still get to eat the ham. Yeah, that's yep. right. Brian Altano. Is the ham actually good? All right, what's fine, up? I'll eat some ham. Alana Pierce. Hey, what's up? And, uh, and Andrew Goldfar, who's hey. cutting himself. It's already cut, yeah, you it's idiot. Pre-cut. You All simpleton. Right. Haven't you ever had a ham before? I just want a little piece. <laughs> I just want a little piece. I'm so sorry. Uh, I have a splitting headache right now, and I think that the sodium in the ham will probably help that go it away. It should. It'll shake it right off. Yeah. Never salt never makes a headache worse. Uh, we've got a great show to talk about. Um, Marty, you played four hours of Dark Souls 3. I played a lot of Dark Souls 3. What's up with that? Uh, <laughs> well, Max. Uh, yeah, so I played uh, actually the first four hours of the game. Uh, we got to start right from the beginning, see the opening cutscene. Uh, What's it about? Go th- uh, it's, uh, it's like Dark a, man, Souls? a man who dies and becomes a zombie and has to fight a bunch of other men. Which just, is pretty much like, like hundreds of Sometimes hundreds. when he dies, he like double dies. He double dies. Like he dies yeah. a lot. Yeah. It's just like a hundreds of wizards. <laughs> There's just so many hundreds wizards of in the wizards. Game. skeletons and large um, beasts. But I mean, I'm super happy to say that the opening of the game is awesome. Um, it's uh, probably the closest thing they've ever done to a traditional sequel in terms of it is very much set in the same world as Dark Souls One. You see similar. You, literally, you come across the same characters. So you come across the Onion Knight and you come across the blacksmith, and the Fire Maiden is. 
pretty much the same person, and your hub is the new Firelink Shrine, which is what the Firelink Shrine was their hub in the first game. Um, and so right from the get-go, you're like, oh, this is really interesting. And it's Miyazaki working on it again, and he didn't work on Dark Souls 2 because he was working on Bloodborne. He was working right. on Ponyo. He's working on Ponyo, yes. Yeah. Hayao Miyazaki, thank you so much. He's working on Totoro. Um, in yeah. It's crazy um, to think the same guy did Bloodborne and Howl's <laughs> Moving Castle. Castle. Yeah, right? <laughs> Um, although House Movie Castle seems like a Bloodborne boss, actually. Yeah, that's I'm gonna, I'm gonna oh, get it some really ham. does. Yeah. Also, to clarify, they I'm are big, actually different people. They are separate people. We're making yeah. nice jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Did you just make claw a very nice joke? Piece? Um, yeah, but the yeah. uh, the game's actually awesome. It uh, I think Brian's actually really gonna like it. He have, you haven't played a Souls game. What? I have a mouthful of him. <laughs> you really yeah, like Bloodborne, I'm, though, like, right? I'm the same boat as Brian. I'm excited. Like I played some Bloodborne, I didn't play quite as much as you, but like yep. I played it nine months after everybody else, so like this is the first time I'm going to jump into one of these games when a, a everyone's playing. Is that why you play, what it was because I was pregnant when Bloodborne so came out. So when came out? Uh, April. April 11th, I believe. God, it's so close. Playing Dark Souls games or even Demon Souls games, the, the best way to play them is when everyone else is playing. Yes. Yeah, because you can because talk strategy. And totally, and I they're like one of the only games that I actually recommend that people either consult forums or read a walkthrough because they can be really frustratingly mm-hmm. hard. And yeah, because there's so many wizards. It's just a lot of wizards to there's attack. Like a lot of skeletons of a lot of the time. Of hundreds ones. of wizards. But yeah. There's a wolf in this one, but not like a cute wolf. It's like a real mean ice wolf. Mm-hmm. You'd still probably like I'd yeah. still probably yeah. give it a big yeah. hug but, if it would hug me. But it might eat me. Point being, even if you have all of the right gear and you've read a walkthrough and it's it's helped you, uh, the fighting is still up to you. So right. I don't think it ever they're, affects it. They're that sort much. of intentionally obtuse, and I think yeah. like um, that drives a lot of people away, uh, especially in 2016 when games are pretty straightforward for the most part. Yeah, yeah. That's why I feel like they kind of Bloodborne is a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like Bloodborne was my first Souls game. Sort of. Yeah, um, and I feel like this it, it walks a really fine line between the the speed and. I don't want to say arcadey nature, but almost like Twitch-based nature of Bloodborne and the slower, sword-and-board, methodical nature of the Souls games. And so I think for people who played Bloodborne but didn't play, you know, Dark Souls or Demon Souls, I think this is going to be that game, that, like, natural progression of, oh, what I learned in Bloodborne now can pass on to this. I there was just a- say that the biggest thing is that, uh, like, Dark Souls is a lot more, like, RPG-heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you, it's more focused on gear. Sure, and there's a ton more gear in a Souls game than yeah. there's There's that awesome Dark Souls gift that was going around recently of, uh, the, the kind of the main character night looking guy walks into this dark cave and it lights up and this like four legged skeleton dog monster comes towards the him the guy just turns around and, and he just turns around and runs away and I was like that's that should be the commercial. Yep. Like, I don't know how much it costs to put a GIF on TV, but take <laughs> that and just put it on TV and just put the logo at the Like, yep. run it 10 times in a row and put the logo on TV. Because I don't think there's anything that's convinced me more to be like, you need this game. Because mm-hmm. I love stuff like that. Have yeah. you like, played Dragon's Dogma? Yes, I think I played it like a little bit as a at a preview event, but nothing nothing it's, more. It's great. And there's okay. this awesome part in Dragon's Dogma that I'll never forget where I just walked into this one dungeon with my party. You have pawns and I think you have pawns? Pawns. You have Porn. multiple pawns. Prawns? Pawn? <laughs> like shrimp? How do you say pawn? How do yeah. you how do you say pawn. like adult what about adult films? They sound exactly the same. Same same word. Pawn pawn and Is that a big problem in Australia? Yeah. It's very confusing. <laughs> For people who thought uh, they were gonna play ch- we, uh, chess I, that really night. <laughs> But uh, there's this one dungeon that I walked into, and it just had this giant Grim Reaper that's this huge black guy with a scythe, and he killed my entire party in one swing. And I was like, well, I'm whole, out. Your whole party in one swing? Yeah. God, that's horrible. It was incredible. I was so excited. And I was like, this is like the most terrified I've been of anything. It, and I was no. like, I got to leave and come back and level one. Was it, I mean, because that's the thing, like, I don't really find a lot of games scary. 
Like there was a while when they were, um, and no, I th- it wasn't. It wasn't genuinely. It scary. wasn't genuinely scary. No. Like the original Resident Evil games scared the crap out of me because um, I think a lot of that was based on the fact that you just don't move very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that tank controls coupled with the fact that your inventory was a severely limited, and there were legit jump scare things, which I think you do get. There was a, a good deal of those in Bloodborne, right? Which I actually it wasn't. It, they never really overused it, but for the most part, like games kind of have like spooky settings. Um, but then don't actually scare you. Like there was a bunch of those games that people went really crazy for on Twitch, uh, stuff like Outlast. It's like, okay, so this is about a monster chasing you, but it never really seemed genuinely effective to me because it was always just like... Slender bothered me a lot. Mostly jump scares. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it wasn't, it was the knowing... yeah. Also, just like Thing. seeing stuff out of the corner of your eye and kind of like, yeah. You know, Slender was and, legitimately haunting. I'll I, give feel you that. Like, yeah. I feel like some of the fear in uh, Souls these, game or even Bloodborne, those that? are called crispy critters. Uh, some of the fear in a little. Oh, it's the brown games. sugar they put in the ham. Yeah. It's actually good. Have, have you guys tried honey. that? It baked the ham. No, no, I'm, I'm still talking about Dark Souls. Like <laughs> I'm listening, Marty. It's fine. Of one the, of these uh, things. Yeah, try one of the little uh, ham crumbles. I feel like the fear you were talking about isn't so much pure sugar. I'm listening to you. I'm sorry. This is a ham here. Every now and then, a PlayStation family <laughs> gathers like around a, a, a handful hot of ham. Sugar. <laughs> also, this should be at Namco's booth for Dark Souls 3. Can somebody help me with this? Yeah. Oh, with that gross yeah. Stop picking at the <laughs> ham. But back to what you were talking help me about. Help oh, Forget it, I'll just take that. Um, no, it's less Five. fear Five. and more of uh, there's tension because there's actual stakes. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think those games are... Stakes? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Also, if we could get stakes in the mail, that'd be amazing. No, please don't send stakes in the mail. Uh, Or whiskey. Uh, But no, it's it's because... I agree. They're not actually horror scary. They're tension scary, so you're constantly on it. And they're tension because you're like, hey, I've been playing for 20 minutes, and I've accumulated 30,000 souls, and if I die, I'm going to lose it all to this dog that I probably won't beat next time. And you might not be able to get them back. Yeah, yeah, totally. And so it's one of those, like, this game did a great job. I fought three separate bosses. One was this uh, sort of giant ancient knight that uh, when I grabbed a sword from his back, he rose. Uh, one was a scary uh, ice dog who killed me many times. And then one was a giant dog. tree monster, that vagina thing. Well, wow. Every, wow. Every couple bosses in a Sometimes I just, I just think, like, maybe I hate video games. Why? Because they're so scary. <laughs> <laughs> so, so full of bad things. Yeah. Look at that! You just you tell you get beat up by a tree vagina. It's real awful. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to play those games. It's, it's I know. I can play the one tree. about it's cooking fine. an animal or it's whatever. It's just the Deku yeah. tree. Yeah. Now I can't see the Deku tree different. Wow. Ever. It's a tree vagina. Yeah. Yeah. What about that one that Kirby's always messing with? Oh, that's app, the, the, oh, the wispy Kirby willows. Kirby himself mm-hmm. may actually be a giant apple vagina. bastard. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. I mean, that's a weird Let's tree because out. it's like that. That tree has apples mm. that drops, and then the Kirby uses them to kill the tree. Yeah. Which is like if I threw your son at you. Yeah, Cubby's a sadistic. Anyway, are we? Yeah. Let's talk about some news. How many swears do we have so far? Yeah, so That's two. Uh, That's this two. is a piece of information that I'm extremely hopeful about. Uh, there's a rumor floating around that Battlefield Five will be set in World War One. Have we had a freaking World War One game in no at all in on that scale? I mean, it's been a while. Not we've never had a World War One game. We've had plenty of World War. I mean, nothing. in Battlefield and Call of Duty, I don't know if we have. We don't even have we don't even have war games yeah. that would take place in 2016 anymore. But yeah. like, we don't Hots, even have those dogs. Yeah, Valiant I mean, Hots that's is a great game. Valiant Hearts is awesome, I and mean, you can pet that dog with the the PS4 touchpad. Yeah, World War One is very. 
different than World War II. It's not it's, even what we think of as war games. It's like it's horrific. Yeah, yeah. It's just people getting it's like gas. destroyed yeah, by yeah. gas and trenches. It's just a exactly. Of gas. Yeah. And, well, and that's I don't know why how like, they make a game out of that. But I think you. We're gonna have I, a lot of gas hope. after we eat this ham. <laughs> oh my god! I should leave. I would hope it is a more human element. Like maybe it's more about that. It's more about like people in the trenches and their soldiers and their friends. And it's like more about like your friends are dying all around you and how do you deal with that? Yeah. Like I mean, they 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 can't. I just I don't know how you can even make a battlefield length campaign based around World War One in that it is so much gas unless they make it like a stealth game. Yeah, like assassinating the Archduke. That's literally that, that could be how the, that was how the war started. That's really yeah. weird. I, I was gonna say that first campaign mission. World War One is is specifically like, I mean. It's very it's very battlefield centric, like in a literal sense. Like yeah. trench warfare is in, incredibly reliant on how the battlefield is set up, like the way that the, the tide of battle, like the way the wind is blowing, mm-hmm. which seems like something that they might want to play with. Like maybe that's why we haven't had a good World War One game. Is that like yes, there's a lot of gas, you know, and it's like you kind of you kind of need good like technology to make that work to make I mean, that to make a game mechanic out of that. D- has yeah. has like has verticality in, in modern first person shooters. Mm-hmm like destroyed any of that though because I feel like I mean I'm totally down with it but I feel like the gaming populace at large is so used to jumping up walls or jetpacking or even like the last the last Battlefield game was just like climbed to the top of a skyscraper in Los Angeles it's not really a lot of like hide in a hole and hope I don't get gas or if there's just really crappy flying machines there's just like you get the the, bicycle you get the kitty hawk and you go like 20 miles an hour World War 1 to me is slow paced uh, whereas every modern FPS is fast paced I mean Uh, the only fast paced things that happened in World War 1 were people who were sent to get shot and die to hopefully build a barricade of bodies so that other people didn't die yeah. Like it's horrific. Seems yeah, I mean, really, my thing is really weird. It's like World War One is potentially like ripe for a great some like story in something. Mm-hmm. I don't know Valiant if through video games. Yeah, totally. But I don't know if that can exist in the structure of what a first-person shooter is in 2016. And especially yeah. a battle, it's like okay, that's so exactly what I'm asking. Let's yeah. say you have the most touching story of all time. It's the best first-person shooter campaign ever. That's awesome. What the hell is the multiplayer? Like, sure. what is the Battlefield you jump, Five gameplay? Are you literally gameplay? jumping out of like your Red Baron plane onto someone else's plane? I mean, there I were mean, there maybe. were submarines in this war. There were you know battleships, but this was World War One, and I guess like whatever fifty years beforehand, uh, Civil War was sort of that like fi- like that tipping point of old technology finally meeting what is known as yep. you know that current sounds, technology and modern you know sounds what, fascinating yeah so like, also, especially I mean, with it's going to be in, you know if it is battlefield it's going to be running in frostbite it's going to look incredible yeah. 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 but you, you also yeah. tread on dangerous territory there um, in that you're potentially making something that's so realistic that's based on an actual real event that fam- friends or families of of families have a Survived or, or been through, you know, yeah. Like see, at least grandchildren of people being like, "Hey, yeah." I think like Valiant Hearts was sort of like, "Here's a, here's a cartoon narrative taking place in this world from the perspective of the dog." It changed, it changed things around significantly. Um, this would be sort of like this. <laughs> you didn't what? play that game, did you? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, do you play? Do you play as the dog? No, you don't. No, you, you don't play you, as the dog. The dog encounters all the people you play. As. Well, that's yeah. kind of what the I dog mean. is like. The common link. The dog's he's, the last he, boss. He's like your Nami. <laughs> you have to fight the dog at the end. Yeah, yeah that happens in World War One. Yeah, he gets huge. He's got all these muscles and stuff. You got to punch him a bunch. Either way, I think that like it's, it's a safer bet making a futuristic war game because it's like you get to wall jump and you don't get like you're not gonna. You don't have to think You're too not, hard about it. You don't have to think too hard about yeah, it. Yeah. Exactly. Well, people are getting fatigued. Like all these games. Battle like, fatigue. Like battle fatigue. Battle fatigue five. That's, that's what I was going to say. On yeah. that note, I think this is the fact that we're talking about this, and it's still going to be a shooter. It's still a war-based shooter. Having it in World War One is so different to what we're used to. Yeah. And yeah. I love that. I mean, to be honest, it, like 
to be totally honest, in terms of the way we put the show together and what we're into, I don't think Battlefield Five would have ever been on this list right now if it was just another contemporary set game. Yeah. I think the only reason we're talking about it is because World War One is different. new and interesting. And because yeah. we've talked about sort of new that and pendulum. interesting. Yes, <laughs> World War One is so War. hip. In Did you know World War One wasn't called World War One until World War Two? It was yeah. just called the Great, the Great War. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. are we at the point where new ideas are so tired that? Pulling an old one out is new. Yeah, I mean, it's yes. pretty it's much what it is, right? It's yeah. the pendulum shift. It's actually really interesting because uh, I asked Eric Hirschberg at E3, uh, and that's the head of Activision Publishing, if I if he thought that uh, the pendulum would swing back, and if, if he thought that we would go back to World War II. And he actually had a really good, insightful answer, which was like, obviously. He was like, those stories, there's so much that happened, and the history is so rich, that like, yeah, there's all this fatigue, and we're like, oh, there have been so many World War II games, but like, they've barely scratched the surface of right. the stories you can tell. And to Marty's point, it's like- They don't have that whole part with the Yetis. Yeah, the Yetis and the, the Yetis. aliens. Very significant. And when Superman first came to Earth. Yeah. But no, I mean, like, in all seriousness, like, World War One has so many stories, and whether it's, like, Valiant Hearts where it's based on truth, like, it's based on actual events, or if it's, like, based on a fictional campaign yeah. or whatever it is. So what I want, what I think would be really cool, which I sort of want from every game, um, is that every mission in this is just a different short story. It's like, don't, you're not going to yep. tell a good single five-hour story in this thing so tell a bunch of really interesting half hour stories yeah. that's what I've said I've sort of wanted Silent Hills to be I feel like that's you want out of everything ever though yes because so. I don't think most 99% of video games can't tell an interesting story over the course of multiple hours mm-hmm. yeah. like you could tell well, yeah, like, some of the best video game stories are two hours long yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, I love uh, Bioshock Barrel at Sea. Totally, yeah. Because it condenses something that's really yeah, or like Minerva's really Den. Really small yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. yeah. Um, but or, like, on, or like Firewatch or Gone Home or any of those. On that note, like yeah. Battlefield has been around for a pretty long time. Yeah. We've had like Vietnam 1942, but they haven't even touched World War One before. So I don't know if this is like something like it's swinging around. Like, right. I think this is an interesting decision. Yeah. I hope and you can get in a hot air balloon and throw gas bombs out at people. And just, also, I hope this rumor isn't because. Oh yeah, can we actually? Can you say where it came from? So this came from a listing on a German retailer like none oh, of this God has been announced it. so like <laughs> well, I mean like we're assuming I don't know like I this is new and exciting and I hope it's true but we should also say like EA hasn't confirmed anything it's also like, a PlayStation know. 5 launch game which uh, comes out tomorrow yes exactly yeah. so if you're listening uh, now along with No Man's Sky <laughs> yeah wait yeah. the listing it's listed as a multiplayer tactical shooter in World yes. War 1 yep it's yeah. actually listed as a Merspieler tactic shooter yes but no, I, I. It also said it's coming out October 26th, which is. Uh, it, it's interesting because Battlefield took a year off. Obviously, we had Battlefront last mm-hmm. year, uh, and there will be DLC for that, like well into the year. But by fall, you know, I think they'll switch their focus. For a yeah. while, they were doing Battlefield Wait, Medal wasn't of Honor. The, the, the Cops and Robbers one was last year, wasn't it? Hardline. It was, it was Hardline. A one year was, ago, right now. It was yes, March. It was the yeah. beginning of last year. Yeah, but the, they took fall off in favor of Battlefront coming out, and I think they're settling into that rhythm of one and the other. I mean, yeah. it used to be. Call of Duty is now in a three-year cycle, but for the longest time they were doing Infinity Ward and mm-hmm. then Treyarch and Battlefield. Meanwhile, was alternating with Medal oh, of yeah. Honor. I mean, Medal I totally of Honor died. Think Battlefield Five will be this fall, and then Battlefront yep. Two or next whatever year. will be yep. next. Yeah. That makes yep. sense. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. So, do you think this will be proper Battlefield Five, or do you think this will be Battlefield colon something? Battlefield Battle of the Doughboys. It would be weird. I mean, Battlefield the Great War. Hot air balloons. Yes. Full I mean, of gas. I call it Battlefield yeah. the Great War. I, I wonder if it will be. The Great War is a good one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, like, I, I, I wonder I, if that title is more appealing than Battlefield Five. More totally. and more, I fail to see the value in putting a, a dumb old number in your title. Like it doesn't really help anything. The five, new five games are uh, five. <laughs> Invent something new. People like five games. Do they? Assassin's yeah. Creed never like made what? it five. Yeah. No, yeah. I didn't, and no one liked that one because they didn't call it five. They called it Unity. Isn't no, that's Unity. not even Which five. Which confusing. What's five? Three is five. I think. Yeah, three is five. Three yeah. is five. But if you're gonna count three as three, and then but then four is six. Four. This is like Final Fantasy. Yeah. Didn't Rogue come out first? No, Rogue came out the same. That day didn't as count because it was last yeah. gen. 
I mean, what's your favorite? What's you're, Metal Gear Solid Five and GTA Five are the, the only two that I can Street remember. Street Fighter Five. Street Fighter Five, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Tekken Five. Final Fantasy Five. Final yeah. Fantasy Five. Yeah. Persona, Persona also, Five. Shut up, Andrew. That's never it, coming it's out. Doing, like, Street Fighter Five <laughs> is basically Street Fighter Forty, and Metal Gear Solid Five is Metal Gear Solid Forty. Did you ever play like, Mario Five? No. Super Mario Five was Mega crazy. They stopped counting after three. No, no Mario World was. Yeah, I, I don't know what Zelda, Zelda 5. 5 was, but I'm sure I would have Jinx. liked it. Zelda All right. So we're getting real stupid. Let's pull back a tiny bit and get unstupid for just a moment. Let's all gaze upon this wonderful honey-baked ham provided to us by listener Joe Scott. Uh, here's something that actually fills sweet, me with... Sweet, sweet meats. Yes, yes. Inside of every bite. Thank you, Brian. Of a honey-baked ham. Yes. God, I wish we were sponsored by hams. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is something that kind Said of Said everyone but the ham Shut because up, he's Brian. the one getting eaten. Stop it. Stop it! Just shut up for a second. Uh, this ham was fed nothing but salts and sugars his entire life. So no Activision booth at E3. Sweet boy. I'm uh, hosting the show. Later this year. Sort of. Why am I here? <laughs> Go home. <laughs> there's, yeah, no, there's no Activision booth at E3. There's already no EA booth. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is kind of a big tell. It's getting weird this year. The two biggest publishers are basically pumping the brakes on... EA having, like, a separate event Yeah. kind of thing. Well, and so we should... Activision has... Passed in a booth before. This wouldn't be the first time. They did some behind closed doors meetings and had no actual big floor presence, I think, in like 2012. Yeah. So it's like not the first time it's happened, but it is interesting that the two biggest third parties are doing this at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Activision, so this actually broke like an hour before we recorded today. Um, They also said there will be a community event giving fans insight and access to the world of Call of Duty. Uh, They make sound like that'll happen this fall. That's really interesting because that sounds like what EA is doing. That sounds yeah. like a basically open to the public event. Uh, they did Call of Duty XP like years ago. Yeah, I think it was 2012. Mm-hmm. But they haven't done anything. Kanye performed at it. That's right. So if Kanye performs at this, I want to go to it. I like Marty's crossover history of his Kanye history interlapping with yeah. his yeah. work. Interlapping. Just that one yeah, thing. Um, overlapping. <laughs> I would love to do a brief history of rappers at E3 with you one day. Oh my It'd be God. really great. That's like the, awesome. Like, like the time, the man in red band yeah, the time they got me contact high, because <laughs> they hotboxed the room I did an interview in mo- moments later. Incredible. It's right. brought to you by Ham. Snoop's been neutral. <laughs> Speaking of contact high. Yeah. But yeah, this, but. This, uh, the Activision thing basically sounds like the exact same thing as EA, and I remember someone telling me back when I wasn't in the country there was a similar thing like a few years ago, where E3 was like split. E3 2007 was in Santa Monica, uh, Santa Monica at a, a bunch of hotels, basically. So rather than be at the LA Convention Center, they tried to scale it down to being um, at like a bunch of different locations. Do we yeah. think and this is where this is going no. again? I think what no. we're seeing is a Nintendo Direct approach where their publishers are basically taking their content directly to the public because we're in an age where fandom is king. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, a lot of those kids might have YouTube channels. Exactly. Well, and and that's, that's the thing. Now people want to just play. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. like like 20 years ago when you can only read about it in magazines. Like, yeah, you could look at pictures and whatever, but it's like now like people, I mean, you could release a demo live from stage and have someone playing in their we, house right. anyway. We went yeah. to a Sony convention in San Francisco last yeah. year. Like, yeah. that's, that's a huge thing. I think that we're going to see uh, much less of a Star Wars and Disney presence at Comic Con because they're mm-hmm. going to be pushing more to D twenty three because they have their own their Star own Wars celebration. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think seeing more specialized uh, conventions is going to be very much a thing yep. moving yeah. forward. Yeah, I, uh, I think this is like a huge like Man, the if Call Nintendo of Duty had one of those. There's though? Minecon. I yeah, mean, yeah. On the flip side, like it Quite sounds con. like everybody's pulling out of, of E three, but uh, Take Two said that they're going to have a bigger presence. Well, ever. And that's the thing. No one's so, and this is a really weird 
splitting hairs thing, but no one's really pulling out of E3. Right. Like Activision made it super clear that the Infinity Wars Call of Duty will be there. It'll be on stage. They're doing their PlayStation partnership stuff. Like we're still going to see games from EA and Activision that week. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the week of E3 has become any less relevant. I think for us, for people who are on the show floor, it might just be different because it's more of their physical booth presence that's changing well, rather that, than like the game presence. Right. That's yeah. kind of showing the the waning relevance of a trade show. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Uh, and also the fact that E three like floor space there is obscenely expensive. Oh yeah. 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 I'm like, just really interested legitimately to see so two major booths in the same hall are no longer going to be there. Like and what takes EA. that space? EA has been the centerpiece. Oh, the the second huge. you enter yeah. South yeah. Hall. Booth? Yeah. yeah. Like when you come in, it's literally the first thing you see in South Hall. It's that gigantic like central mm-hmm. presence. Well, that means it'll be a whole so, lot quieter. So now you're wondering if like Take Two is going to have their own thing, or if you know Deep Silver is going to have a huge thing, or yeah. these sort of uh, not up and comers because obviously Take Two isn't. But or the, Disney. I mean, like honestly, I can yeah. see Disney ukulele. leaning super hard. Yeah. yeah, it's the ukulele booth. It's yeah. the persona Hell booth, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but you saying the Take Two thing remind me like the thing I find it super interesting about that is by then, wait, two uh, Take Two owns Two K. Take Two owns 2K and Rockstar so and whatever Kevin Levine's game is. Battleborn will already be out, so we can expect that that means Mafia Three. Yeah, mm-hmm. there'll be a Definitely. big Mafia Three. I think push. that's Definitely. a given. Yeah, but then everyone's always like, Rockstar never does E3. It's like, well, maybe for Red Dead, which we all assume is our next game, they mm-hmm. would because GTA is bigger than everything else in the games industry. Yeah. Red Dead isn't. Red Dead is still a cowboy game that's had two. Games, one of which was really it's big. Also, and one that of which like yeah. I can't imagine. You know how like Bethesda didn't really have Fallout playable anywhere. Sure. I think it's the same kind of thing where you wouldn't want someone to play just like a small handful of GTA because mm-hmm. it's really hard to sell. Whereas yeah. Red Dead, you could give someone one particularly cool mission. train heist yeah. style yeah. mission, yeah. and yeah. that would be fun. Whereas GTA, it's like you need the broader picture. Yeah, totally. I feel like Red Dead's going to be Red Dead's in a better place now, assuming it's real and assuming it's happening. Yes. Uh, coming off of the, basically from the makers of GTA 5 which is one of the best selling games of all time it's kind of like like if if Daisy Ridley did a western a bunch of people would go see it because they just saw her in Force Awakens yeah. and they're just like well that kind of that's a good commercial for the next thing but I think you guys are right and it's also like yeah historically if they haven't been in E3 that doesn't mean they won't be forever totally. also um, don't I mean don't forget I mean, I WB they to. like yeah. there's, there's all these other third parties that have the plenty of cool things they can show mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm still holding out hope. If, if Take Two is going big, I'm really holding out hope that it's Bioshock. Like I really, I don't yeah, well, think I mean, that's right. Bioshock be. was the fallout this year of like, hey, here's what Bioshock Four is. God, that would be awesome. That would be cool. Yeah. Uh, but on the on the note of, uh, I keep saying on on the note for some reason today. You're, I've you, heard but you're, say it like you've really times. been on the note. You're on, on the, the note. called note. <laughs> the note of the node. Well, I'm on note. note. I can speak clearly. Yeah. Pawn uh, or porn. <laughs> of Rockstar being too big for E3, I think that's why they haven't. Been there before, and and that's why. Like, why do they need E3? Why do they need to spend that money to show Red Dead, especially off the back yeah. of GTA Five? Yeah, they don't. They, they've never actually had to piggyback off of trade shows or hype established by the the even less now than no, GTA Five. No, I think successful. you guys are wrong. I think Red Dead does need that. I th- I think GTA absolutely does not need that. But I think. Everyone in this room loves Red Dead and knows what Red Dead is, but I don't think the general populace does. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think Red I don't Dead think the general populace it. even knew Fallout until like I mean, you have to remember that like these games like sold well, but not like Call of Duty GTA well. Yeah. Like I, I mean, like, like I have a really skewed vision by working around people who play yes, games that I assume totally. everyone. Yeah, yeah. Knows like I, I have a bunch of buddies back home who they're in the industry, but they play games and they buy a couple games a year, and all of them know what GTA is, and none of them know what Red Dead. Interesting. Is. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Also, so my friends are. It's idiots. also an easy way to win E3. Yeah, but yeah. if you're sitting just on a bunch of trailers, star. there's also be rockstar. Yeah. There's also talk of like a new ad- 
new IP, like a new stuff. I think didn't sure. didn't take two say they're going to be showing off something brand new, like that we have. They just said about? they're going to have a big. They're going to go. Uh, they're going to go big or something. Yeah, I mean, so we're leaning into Rockstar. Rockstar has always. Yeah. They've yeah. always kind of whole hog. Uh, they've yeah. They always play their. <laughs> stop eating the ham. Brian. No, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. Uh, Never. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think it's more likely we're going to see 2K doing something, like whether it's I don't know Borderlands three or something at a gearbox or you know whatever it is. But I, I just How feel about like, NBA. Yeah, the the hoop gods basketball back. is. Returns. I mean that's the funny thing is uh, <laughs> NBA basketball. Oh, the sequel to basketball. Uh, <laughs> Titular hero basketball has returned to bounce again in the upcoming sequel to last year's basketball. Revenge of the dunks. I don't think. Uh, first of all, Max mentioned Borderlands. I should say in the interest of full disclosure, I worked at Gearbox for 14 months. Do you have Second, to do this forever? If you mentioned Borderlands, I don't I think do. anyone's really? going to. He just yeah. chose Borderlands. to. Uh, but no, I uh, also I don't think NBA or WWE. Ever has to be at one of these. Well, like, no, right. WWE right. is always going to be at WrestleMania. I mean, NBA is also yeah, going to be at WrestleMania. It's like you don't need to market them because everyone knows what they are because they're the same thing. Yeah. You know? But they do, I mean, they do with FIFA. Yeah, I mean, that's true. EA pushes FIFA. I mean, that's a really good point. Oh, hold on, but like this, this whole logic of like somebody doesn't have to be at E3 because their game's big enough on its own, like, then what the hell does Call of Duty take up 40 minutes of each press conference well, for every but year? But that's, that's what's so interesting it's is like, interest of time. Call of yeah. Duty is such a. Call of Duty is. Totally, this is their market. Mm-hmm. Like Call of Duty makes perfect sense at E3, whereas like I don't think World of Warcraft, like Blizzard, isn't there because they don't need that E3 audience because they're totally doing their own thing and they're so much bigger than that. Yeah. Like once you reach a certain critical mass, like I think Call of Duty, yeah, it's like kind of a perpetual motion thing. Like I think the name will sell it for years to come. But isn't but, like, 2K that same kind of audience? I mean, is it? I don't know. Like I, don't I mean, think so. I, don't, I don't think any of their games are. I don't think 2K has anything that. Is well, and as big two, and 2K is very different. Like uh, wrestling and and basketball are oh, very different. Oh, wrestling! Yeah, and have you ever done a wrestle? Fest? I've always thought they were pretty much the same sport. Yeah. No, no, no I'm just saying basketball basketball they're wrestling. all the same thing. I Everyone think. knows what the, the general populace knows what those things. The only are difference is the basketball players yeah. wear shoes. Yeah. Wrestlers, wrestlers all have, they all have bare feet. Nope. Yeah, that's not true. Yeah, they all that's kick true. each other in the no, feet. Oh, that would be so much grosser if they had kick bare feet. They kick each other a lot. They got sweat they all over to. the place. I mean, that's like yeah. Greco Roman. Remember wrestling. when the one yeah. man cried because the snake died? All right. Let's we should move on. What? Okay. You want to do it? Yeah, we get to, I can no, say it. I did my I say um when I'm about to talk thing. Uncharted Four multiplayer. Uncharted 4 multiplayer beta is happening this weekend. Once again, uh, they're stress testing it. They're seeing how people like to do the grappling hook stuff and mm-hmm. uh, unleash demons out of weird shiffer robes and mm-hmm. collect those gems. We'll almost I certainly be streaming. Fun. We'll be streaming that live on IGN. On probably yeah. live on Friday. So it so. begins uh, 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific time on Friday yeah. and goes to uh, midnight Pacific uh, on the morning of the seventh. And is, I this love, open, is this open for everybody? This is open, yeah. which I love. So I think much, open betas are so much more exciting than that. tiny closed ones because I think you get kind of that feeling of what it'll actually be like. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I would say March sixth at eleven fifty nine. Spooky. It's available on the PlayStation Store now. Yeah, <laughs> Uncharted Four multiplayer is really odd. I think because it's. I think it's interesting. It's no, it's cool, but I think that it, it's also with with the the story side of it. They're leaning very heavily into you know cinematic and, and yep. kind of changing the tone of the series and it's like very very weighted with gravitas and then this is really kind of goofy you know? yeah it like Sully can they have like magical powers yeah, and yeah. Stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, it like, feels comic booky yeah I, I feel like Ooh, it's yes almost <laughs> it's almost misrepresentative of <laughs> of Uncharted making 4 making personal yeah. jokes that people on this podcast won't know but it's uh, uh, it, it is I think they're almost two separate packages, yeah. and I think they need to be covered totally separately. I, I think that crosstalk will get you shot in the face with a crossbow, okay? Yeah. That was him. I he will karate chop you in the... <laughs>
face. me, you piece of trash. That I was him. your world down in fire. That was him, the hairy Quit one. sassing me. You've eaten so much one? ham on this show. That was the rat. <laughs> He's waiting for swear words, I think. He's like, yeah. Hey, Max, Max, okay, anyway, swear. here's a swear. On multiplayer feels like something I'll do after I finish the single player campaign. Like, I don't care about this at all right now. I think it's like, dumb they're calling it Uncharted 4 multiplayer. They should just call it Uncharted Online. Yeah. Like, in the same that way that GTA Online and Metal Gear Online. Yeah. Yes. yeah, because it's not like The Last of Us multiplayer, which, like, made sense yeah. in the game while this is, is I mean, magic y. They have to, because stuff. Uncharted 4 Online makes it sound like it's a giant open world with people jumping all over the place, and I could jump in and be a soldier while someone else is Nathan also Drake, true. and, like, it's not. Yeah, it's, it's arena based. I do think spell it's, magic it's shooting fun. Like I will say that like it's playing fun. what little I played in Uncharted Four is already infinitely more fun than I had with Uncharted 3's multiplayer, which yeah, I kind it's, of dabbled it's in. And really cool. It's from. dessert. Yeah, I, I want my meat. Yeah, but this is also <laughs> I want my meat steaks. <laughs> this is pre wow. dessert. I want my big Nathan Drake ham. This is like a. This is a my uh, hearty honey baked. This ham. is a dessert appetizer because you get to play it this weekend. I'm gonna play it this weekend because there's nothing else to play. He's There's a lot of other stuff to play. So I've, I've played I'm not going to play Pokemon Yellow, you boy. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Did you just call Pokemon childish and you're all laughing about that? No, I think he's calling baby animals. Oh, uh, yeah, is he's that shocking me, you? Andrew didn't go to a bar last weekend because he was too busy catching a war turtle. I respect that. Also, you can't catch a war turtle in Pokemon Yellow. Hey, she's got a point. So... I think you'll find he got it from. All right. What about a Blastoise? So, Isn't that a... <laughs> no, someone gives you the three starters Shut from up. the other one. It's pronounced Blastoise. <laughs> yeah, it's French. Blastoise. Um, but, so, but back to Uncharted. Uh, I think it's really fun, but it's also a thing that I've played once, and maybe I'll play it again this weekend, but I don't think it's it's going to have a lot of life. Sure. It's silly. Yeah, you know what, like, I people got really into three, though. You know what? I, I would love to know. That's true. Yeah. If... Do you think there's even a hundred people who are going to buy Uncharted 4 day one and load up multiplayer before starting the campaign? Yes. Believe it or not, wow. yes. I do really? think that there's, it, it is probably a hundred people, but I do think there's like that <laughs> super dedicated, like Uncharted 3, it went on endlessly. Like they kept, I don't know if you guys remember that they kept doing DLC drops for like Naughty yeah. Dog yep. supported the hell out of Uncharted 3 multiplayer and like it developed like a really, really faithful, good community. And I think Last of Us multiplayer did the same thing, but it's so different that I think whatever that community is from Uncharted 3, whoever those people are that are still really into it, they will play it in this. Um, I, I think it's super minority though. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally think there are people who are going to get the band back together and play the way they played Uncharted 3, but I think it is like, fraction of a percent of the of the people who are going to play yeah. multiplayer or i mean campaign okay so on that note we got some we got some sass uh phil spencer the king of xbox Ooh, crunch uh he's, so good at that. he's uh the xbox head i guess somebody had somebody on twitter who, who put this in here this so is i put this in there it's fine it's fine i, I got explain I got it this. to me uh someone tweeted at phil spencer it's not about ham max doesn't uh, understand it someone tweeted at phil spencer and asked him well, what games is he most excited for this year and he said uh gears and then he said the division beta has been amazing and that he's gonna get a couple rips for that him let's split this with i don't him. want that with you just you can't the, interrupt him talking about video games <laughs> to talk about ham you're yeah, gonna you get the show taken off the air you have to eat the ham silently talking about on the air it's on the internet there's no air on the internet Oh, Brian's sad. That's why there's no sound. <laughs> Brian looks guilty. Uh, but then Phil Spencer also said that he's super stoked for Uncharted 4, that he knows the game's going to be great. And then uh, someone tweeted at him, quote, Xbox head, end quote, talking about how great UC4 will be. Just wave the white flag already. This is embarrassing, sad to say. Uh, and then Phil, who's incredible, responded, uh, we should all applaud when a team does something special. Those who hope that a team fails due to platform aren't real gamers. I hate that he called the real gamers thing, but I also don't, I don't think that's embarrassing at all. I no. Think that 
that's great. He shows that he cares about games. Of guess, course. No, guess, think, what, uh, wait, guess what developers what do? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think it's incredible. I think what he's No, saying. she's talking about the other guy. <laughs> I, I really agree with Wrath93. Uh, 93 is the best year to be born. Yeah. Was this <laughs> you? That's my book. Yeah, yeah, that's me. Um, yeah, I think that's incredible. And I think it's, it's I don't know, I'm just like the, the console war thing is so boring. It's such a boring yeah. narrative and it's such a stupid thing to talk about. Did you guys see like those interviews they did with like Henry Cavill about the Avengers or uh, the Robert Downey Jr. Captain America thing on Twitter about Deadpool? Yeah, yeah. Like, that was great. This is okay. It's okay when people from sort of competing sections of the world enjoy each other's work because ultimately... As this guy said, it's all good for the industry. And ultimately, and, you, they're all in it together. Like, yeah. if, if the PS4 completely fails, that's yeah. not good for the Xbox. No, yeah, that's let me, let's, let's, let's break that down really quickly. You don't want a monopoly in video games. You, I love the, Monopoly. You don't, even, you don't even want Monopoly video games. They I would suck. Love Monopoly. Uh, They're you, great. You can get a really easy I want to get, get one of the crappy ones on your phone then. You can easy platinum the Monopoly arcade. Okay, that's great say. if that's what you're into. Um, <laughs> so what I'm saying maybe is... Yeah, maybe you are. Uh, have fun with that later. You play that, that board game. I already platinumed <laughs> it. Damn it, Alana. <laughs> I, bet that game is a, I bet that game has a weird name. And I I hate <laughs> Eat your ham. It's called, oh, it's called Old Mr. Money Man. No, so what happens when one company win, beats the other one like crazy, you get horrible things. Like, when you look at the PS2 coming out of that generation, and when the PS3 was announced, they're like, we're going to sell it for $600. And in a way, they could. And that almost happened. That was almost the reality that we all mm -hmm. lived in. And they said things changed, and yeah. people were competitive. Like, you want... You want okay, so you want the people making games to play other games because then their games get better, mm -hmm. and you want the people making game consoles to be looking at the other game consoles because then their game consoles get better. Like this is how things improve. Competition is in the most healthy thing in the world. Uh, isolation is, water? is dangerous. Vitamins. Oxygen. No, competition is better than water. <laughs> and vitamins? And and vitamins. Wow. If, they, if they have no competition, then they have no reason to improve because they're going to make money anyway. Thank you. So yep. Thus, completely the whole Madden thing. When, like, yeah. when NFL 2K stopped, when Sega lost the license to that, it was like, oh, now Madden can rest yep. on its laurels because there's literally nothing else. Yeah. 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 Just like John Madden does in yeah. his car because he's afraid of flying. Do you think he stop talking about that? He's aviophobic. I bet he would eat this thing. Oh, he would eat that thing in a heartbeat. He would put that thing inside He would put that thing inside of a living pig and eat it out. Ew. Yeah, it's All John right. Madden. He's crazy. Aww. So anyway, a dude uh, eats his dogs. <laughs> what are you get on a plane? This is, I mean, something we should touch on briefly. I don't think we need to get super is into that it. We don't want to be offending anybody who loves John Madden or <laughs> yeah, if I apologize for the Madden of living pigs. Mm -hmm. uh, no, just I, I wanted to briefly talk about the new firmware uh, for PS4. We don't really talk about firmware updates in this show, so I'm really excited. It's our first time talking about firmware updates. Brian, I just want to say that was beautiful. Thanks. That was really well done. It was going well until my man would be proud. My until you were comrade over here looked at a sword in the air. No, just new firmware's coming. The the big things I think we care about are remote play on PC and Mac, which is something they've been talking about for months now. But you'll be able to play other than. 
on your Vita, on your Sony TV, <laughs> on your PS Vita TV, whatever. You'll also be able to play on a PC or a Mac, which is really cool. Um, Wait, so you're going to be able to, if you have like a computer you business travel with and you go to a faraway land where you've got a computer connection, you can hack into your own PS4 and, and play, play PS4 yeah. games? Yep. Yeah. Or if you're. Which was like, I, when I went to TGS two years ago, uh, Destin was playing Destiny on a Vita. Were you playing Bryony? In to- <laughs> That was really good. Really I was really He's trying to Brian make H. that joke, DS, but okay? Brian H. But no, I, I think the remote play stuff is cool. Yep. Um, and then the, cool. the big thing, which I know, weirdly, Alana, you were just talking about recently, uh, yeah. you can finally appear offline on PSN. Playing offline! Patch notes! Which sounds like such a minor thing, but it's really, really nice. That's been on Xbox for forever. Yeah, I actually made a second, so I have Char Alonzad as one of my accounts, and then I made a second... Uh, account on PSN because I couldn't called Charlonazard. <laughs> yeah, where have I have? Okay, three that friends? joke sucked, but so did his. Everyone laughed at his. Brian, <laughs> I liked both of your jokes. Brian is very funny. Whatever. All of your jokes. What else can we do? Sorry, Brian, you're getting enough laughs. Also, I, I, I take all the laughs all the time. Also, so finally, I know you really need you to have the funniest post on Beyond. We can change our PSN names. Nope, that's not true. That's not true. I do think that'll happen. This I can't cool. imagine There's a user scheduled event, so you can schedule playdates. Yeah. Which is that's actually kind of cool. I think that's really cool. Playdates! I mean, that would have been awesome for when Battlefront was out, if we could have actually like, yeah. gone ahead nice and out in teams together. Uh, isn't the reason that you can't change your name, it's something to do with they don't want to people to effectively be anonymous? No, they, they just can't They can't do it because I think, it's, it's yeah. the, the way the network was structured to begin with. I think it's purchases are also tied to yeah. your name. Names are all hell sick. I think Shuhei Shida single-handedly fixed this eight years ago and is just laughing. Yeah. I think all he does is laugh, which is wonderful. I like the way that Xbox does it, which is that you have to pay to change your name. Mm-hmm. And I think you can also only do it <clears throat> once in every whatever, 30 days or whatever it is, uh, which I think is really smart. Because then it makes people not. Just also, I like accountability yeah. personally. If you did a stupid thing as a kid, uh, that's your pockmark you have to wear for the rest of your life. Is that all? Is that it for patch notes? I think it is. Patch notes. Back me up. Get your sword. Playing alone offline. I'm Thanks, really Brian. Scared. Three, nice. three, 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 three point five zero. No, I thought you were say three six mafia. <laughs> no, I'm not. It's a, that's a copyright infringement. <laughs> you know, this show has gotten so much worse since I started hosting it. Yeah. <laughs> this episode is an actual disaster. I agree. But anyway, yeah, all continuing of the on. A butcher's dozen. Oh, I can't be all sober. I'm completely sober. I think there's a lot of of alcohol in this ham. But the other, uh, the last thing before we get to the rapid fire. Oh, what if there was alcohol in the ham? Uh, Is that uh, our IGN first this month is for Golem, uh, which is a PSVR title that is by Highwire Studios. um, And you don't know them because they have never made a game, but they are a bunch of former uh, Bungie and uh, Insomniac uh, people, including Marty O'Donnell, who you will know as the man who did the Halo music. Who has the same first name as you, mm-hmm. Marty. And the same last name as Chris O'Donnell, who played Robin. Yes, but and he was also, in Mad Love with Drew Barrymore. That's true. <coughs> the name of an original Pokemon. O'Donnell? Right. Golem. No, yeah. That's right. It's a good Pokemon. Jesus Great. Christ. <laughs> he was also in that movie about those kids with those shoes on. That's not. They're <laughs> <laughs> not kids. That's not his name. They're totally kids. The movie's <laughs> called Lord of the Rings. You're thinking of a different movie. It's like, how did you know? They're 100% kids. Oh, you're thinking Lord of the, you Lord you of the Flies. You speak such an interesting language. Yeah. Like, you immediately knew what he was from. Those kids with I those was shoes like, on. That could be I was hobbits. No, I was halflings. I was actually thinking of kids. I was thinking of Chris O'Donnell. I was was totally thinking of the movie Kids. They're not kids. They're young. That was amazing. They're not. 
They're not no, even young. Hobbits? They're actually yeah. like 100 years old. Yeah, Bilbo was 111. <laughs> Whatever. I watched Star Wars. Uh, but you yeah, didn't so, know what Harry Potter was about. I really, I still don't know. I thought it was about a bunch <laughs> of kids thought... that live in a house that go to school at, and they go gay ride brooms, and then wizards attack their teachers. <laughs> there, mean, are, there, sort of are, there are hundreds of wizards in those books. Wizards right. attack their teachers. Yeah. I love it. It's great. I mean, that is kind of what it's about. Uh, but yeah, so all month uh, on March, we're going to have stuff on Golem, which is a PSVR title, which looks uh, pretty cool. It does you, actually You, look you have really to wear cool. a hat. To play it though, right? Um, yeah, you have to wear a baseball cap that has the logo of a of a of a like a man with a ball. Okay, yeah, that's, that's that seems like a very lazy logo for a <laughs> baseball for team. Broke. <laughs> Just a man with a ball. We're the New York baseballers. <laughs> That'd be too bad. All right, so the it's New time York for it's time for rapid fire. Yeah. Make a bunch of noises in the microphone, Brian. People seem to like when you do that. Yeah, they do, Max. Yeah, you cranky pants. Come over to my house and watch Avatar with me sometime. Yeah. I, I'd love to, but that movie's trash. Cute. That deleted scene in the beginning is pretty cool, though. He's in a wheelchair, gets in a bar fight. If I want to go to your house really? and look at the yeah. garbage, I'll, I'll look inside the garbage can. I, well, tr- jokes on you. I threw garbage all over the yard. Yeah, you threw it on your TV every time you watch. Avatar. Anyway, Rapid Fire is a fun the wing thing we do in the Podcast Beyond Facebook group, which you can do by searching for Podcast Beyond Facebook group on Facebook or the URL, which I never remember. Uh, I every you literally week, just shout into your phone and it probably comes up. Yeah. Andrew's just staring at you like, what? <laughs> what do you want? Okay, I think this ham's really fermented and I'm tripping. Yeah. <laughs> I'm seeing like four of you right now. Andrew's uh, totally thinking, he's like, man, I miss Greg and Kyle. I know. <laughs> So do we. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, they would never do twenty minutes on ham on the hypothetical abortion podcast. God, not what? once. Yeah, that's the thing they said. They used to say that. Oh, no, when we took over the show, people then, were like, "You guys are too then off it became topic." Became a literal abortion of a podcast. <laughs> oh, All right, moving on. What? Anyway, uh, so every week I go on the podcast uh, Beyond Facebook group and I ask you questions so that we don't have to hear Max talk. Uh, <laughs> Eric Freshly asks, "Whatever happened to cell shading in games? It seems to only exist in Borderlands these days. Do you miss it?" Man, there was such, there was a period where we got this so much. Yeah, which you remember that radio? Auto Modelista? Yeah, Auto Modelista. Yeah. Um, Yanya Calabrista, which was, do you guys remember that game? No, that's a uh, real game. Yeah, it was a skateboarding game. Yanya uh, P- Calabrista? No, yeah, it was a skateboarding game, and it came with a little fingerboard that you put across the DualShock's two nubs. Oh, and you did, no, like, he's not flips. lying. That's real. Wow. I didn't know that it was called. That's the stupidest that. thing Yanya? I've ever heard. Yeah, Yanya Calabrista. I wonder why I never that wasn't a hit franchise. I'm going to be honest, I'm not sure if that was the name of the game. No, that sounds like a celebrity chef. It's definitely ballpark that. Okay. Um, I, uh, I totally prefer cell shading to like hyper realistic attempts yeah and it it lasts longer i mean like mm-hmm. even like actual like actual cell shading wind waker well, like looks so much better than twilight princess I think like it makes it really ageless good. yeah and i think it just it photorealistic styles will fade because graphics will Absolutely. get better whereas yeah. like something that has that more animated look will you last longer forever. And, yeah. yeah good art I feel like direction there's a timeline on a lot of the games that? that i want to go back and play that i'm like i can't because the graphics are so bad so it's like they age too far for me to still enjoy them. So I'm yes. like, I need to play them as soon as I can before they get gross, whereas stuff like Wind Waker isn't I'm really going to suffer. Yeah. Did you guys Wind see Waker that, looks um, incredible on Wii U as opposed to Twilight Princess, beautiful. which is like, it looks good in motion, but when you look at I don't know what close, those games are. They're not for PlayStation. It's 100% called Yanya Calabrista. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. Wow, I, I really <laughs> thought you made that up. Did you guys see that uh, that Skyrim mod that came out that where they basically yes. they turned off the textures and basically made that game look cell shaded? It and looks it's, cool. so cool. It looks. Yeah. It, it's one of those things like if they actually like did that at the back end, it'd be, it'd be gorgeous yeah. and amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's it's awesome. so much. Yeah. It's so atmospheric. Sorry, yeah. I took a little tear of ham. <laughs> you you had a totally straight, unhappy looking face, and you took a bite of ham and had a big smile. I know. <laughs> that's how ham works. 
Uh, so the next question is from Ronan Fox, who asked, are Naughty Thanks, Dog Alana. making the right decision to end the Uncharted series? Yes. yes. Yep. Again, they, they've only They're said not... it's Nathan Drake ending. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that Uncharted as a thing could continue. Totally. But that said, if it didn't, it, like assuming this has a satisfying conclusion, I'm fine with four. Yeah, I think it's too big. With a, yeah. uh, the IP is too big for them to actually just completely give it up. Um, they're gonna keep doing it. I'm, I'm, you know, but my whole thing of like, if this game does somehow backdoor introduce a like passing of the torch, um, that didn't work well for Indiana Jones whatsoever. So it didn't even work for Red Dead. No, I mean we don't know. I mean, it well, didn't sure. work well for Indiana Jones because they didn't try. Like they. They had his son, or whatever the hell Sh- yeah, Shia Mutt. LaBeouf was. Mutt. Mutt, yeah, that's But right. then a year later, Shia LaBeouf was like, that movie was terrible, and I hated being in it. And Steven Spielberg really screwed that up. And they weren't going to be like, oh, yeah, here's a reward. Your own trilogy. I kept hoping that the kid who was in the backseat of that car during the car chase uh, across campus was going to be the main character the next Oh, movie. really? It was him. It was was that you? He was in yeah. the backseat of that car. <laughs> I'm in like, a lot of this college scenes. Like, they reused. They were like... 80 of us that are just like I played six humans in that movie because I'm in the same place at like four different times because they Good, you, pa- you barely play one in real life. Wow, Aww. it's a joke. Have some ham. <laughs> 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 anyway, Colin Alexander Durstein says, "What breakfast cereal would make the best video game adaptation?" Recently, I was uh, really crapping Honey. all over. Uh, uh, Captain Crunch because I think it's a terrible cereal and it tastes like old yellow rocks and it rips up your mouth and I don't like the fact that he legalized a mistake in his factory and put out oops all berries. He should have just owned up to his mistake and swept up the garbage in his house. Uh, but I think it would be a really cool story about going on the seven seas as an old captain and you have to fight these <coughs> goop monsters to try to get on your boat and then there's a mistake in your factory and you have to go take care of That's it. That's a good idea. There's peanut butter and stuff too. Yeah, I mean, there's like Lucky Charm oh. seems like an easy like 3D character platformer. Tricks. Okay. I don't want yeah, the Tricks Rabbit and ca- character are taking away your. Tricks your Rabbit would kind of be an endless runner where children are chasing you because yeah. you stole cereal that has your damn name on the box. A, <laughs> I want a Cookie Crisp GTA where you oh, go where around cook- stealing yeah. cookies and. I like yeah. that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Alana, did you guys oh. have cereal in uh, what was your favorite cereal in Australia? No. Did you? Muesli. Oh yeah, millennials don't eat cereal anymore That's because right. it's, they, it doesn't look good in photographs. Do you guys have wheat bix? No, no, we don't have wheat bix. Wheat bix, wheat bix. Well, uh, who was the animal on the box? So offended, you're like, no, we don't have wheat. What was the cartoon animal on the box? It was a cricket player. Like was he actual cricket? I was like, no, it was like sponsored by. So he was just a man. That's not a cartoon animal. That's just a man. Was he like a? Was he a cricket though? Yeah, that's what I said. Was he like a little boring looking cereal? A lot of why are the pieces so big? Yeah, no, that's that's wheat upix. It's wheat bix. Oh, oh sorry. Wow. Yeah, I apologize. Yeah, I apologize. Okay. Um, a really uh, I think good it's game. like Shane Warne was on the cover or something. Oh, Shane Warne? Shane Warne. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. This is somehow more boring. It <laughs> 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 looks you. like Ziploc Thank bags, you. but it's food. <laughs> wheat bix looks horrible. Man, I feel really bad for you guys. Yeah. All right. Uh, no, 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 I put so, a lot no. of sugar on it. Would but you play a wheat bix video game? Look at the flag. Stop it. <laughs> this is the hardest I've ever seen you laugh at anything. <laughs> and it's Australian cereal. Why are you just laughing at uh, the Australian, Australian flag? limited edition pack. He's like, look at the dumb Australian flag. Because it's hilarious. They don't Thanks, put the American Andrew. flag on Captain Crunch. Mm, ham. Uh, but the actual best He's uh, the best video game would be uh, all the monster cereals. If you want. Oh, Couch yeah. Duh, duh. Castlevania Mummy. with the monster cereals? The packaging looks like aluminum foil. This Stop. is so but, weird. Can we just make like I'm sorry. Wheat Bix looks like... sanitarium on the top. <laughs> That's the company name. Dude, that looks like a box the, of tampons. Wait, I'm sorry. Wait, <laughs> the company that makes Wheat Bix is called Sanitarium. Kind of tampons tampons buy that is literally an insane asylum. I don't buy them. In, in Until Dawn? Yes. Until Dawn. 
All right. So Kevin Jackson says, what don't? What don't you Shut like? Up, Andrew. <laughs> they have a word Andrew, put him away. <laughs> put him away. <laughs> Kevin Jackson says, "What don't you like about the games industry?" Despite uh, d- uh, aside from Andrew misogyny, <laughs> everyone in this room. Yeah, misogyny is a very big problem yeah, in the games industry. Um, uh, I think just gen- general. So I was thinking about this question because it's a it's a very good question. Um, hmm. But I think when I read a book, I fundamentally understand how that book was written. Because uh, I've, I've written paragraphs before. And when I watch a movie, like, I get how movies are made because I've turned my phone around and filmed something, you know, like, to, to the very tiniest degree. But games, I think most people have no idea how difficult it is to make a game. So when they play one, they <clears throat> kind of expect, they expect so much out of it that they have no kind of understanding of how that would even work. And we've talked, like Marty and I were just talking about this at DICE, which is that idea of uh, if you're a student filmmaker and you want to make a movie and I'm like, okay, like, all right, let's say I'm in my house and I'm like, I really want to make a movie. I have my kitchen. I have a camera. I can sit Brian Alana down at a table and I can shoot a scene in a kitchen, contemporary 2016, eating some wheat bix. It's really easy. Whereas if I want to make that same scene in a video game, whether it's in my kitchen or in a space station or on Mars or whatever the hell, like you still have to model every bit of it. Like you would still have to model that table, model the Weepix. You have to make gravity. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's a really like the proposition of setting out to make a game is fundamentally different than writing a book or making a movie because you can sit at your desk and for no money basically you can do that. Yeah. Whereas for a game, like you have to create characters, you have to have an you artist, have you have to have book. physics with a book. You I mean, just describe you the scene you're in. And then make up a scene oh, no, I'm not saying it's easy to do, but I'm just saying I can do it for free with a computer yeah. and I can type. Right. Whereas, in, and for a movie, as long as I have a camera, I can set it up and film people. Whereas for a game, like whether it's you mundane in 2016 software. or set a thousand years in the future, either way, you're you're making everything from scratch. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that requires artists. That requires talent in programming. That requires talent in art and yeah, writing I mean, and yeah. everything. Until it becomes like plug and play and you've got yeah. like, so, I mean, if, I don't know if you've seen like the new um, Unreal Engine, but it's all like kind of drawing like strings between stuff mm-hmm. it's very very visual like the way yeah. of, of you, you block stuff out which is a big step up from like lines mm-hmm. and lines well, of and people are saying that the idea of developing games in vr is going to be a thing that makes yeah. it much more like user intuitive mm-hmm. or yeah. even something like dreams i mean like dreams is like a, a really good yeah. example of just creating something and like applying little rule sets to mm-hmm. it and basically like you or i can theoretically do things that like 10 years ago would have taken days and days of work, whereas now you're just basically taking some cotton candy and shaping it into what you yeah. need. Similar thing with Project Spark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I don't understand how that's really an answer to the question. Well, the answer to that question is one of the things I don't like about the games industry is a sort of fundamental lack of understanding from most gamers in how things are made. Mm-hmm. And I think that lack of understanding leads to a lot of sort of asking for the moon and being upset when you don't get it when uh, that gets in turn, turn uh, put in the face of developers where they're consistently called lazy. Yeah. But that's tied into what we were just saying. Right. That's exactly what I'm saying. It all, it's movie, all connected. In a movie, it's, you know, you know who, what a director is, you know what a set designer is, like, you know the basic 12 roles that are yeah. going to make that set. Whereas in a game, like, you might not understand that, like, it takes 15 texture artists in some case to cover a world. It takes, like, that's why Firewatch is so incredible because that was one environment artist. Yeah. Whereas, Pretty like, game. you have other games that have, like, a team of people making mm-hmm. each section of the world. Yeah. And, like, creating the world of GTA and people are like, oh, man, I want to wait for six years in between titles or whatever. It's, like, the fact that they can make a world, like, make a, a essentially, like, a continent that you can cross, maybe not a continent, but, like, an entire city that you can cross is incredible. That even that even then, like people are like... pitches and... Yeah. yeah. Like a ton of effort but even then, yep. people are like, how come I can't open up the fridge and right. take out the milk and exactly. drink it. I want to go in every house. Yeah. Yeah. What I don't like about the games industry is kind of representative of what I don't like about games in general, which is that they, 
I, I think they create. Um, I don't want to smear gamers, but I think that there's something to be said about the fact that it's a it's a medium that you are a part of. You, it, it is interactive, therefore you kind of invest some of your own. Like, your involvement is part of it. Like, reading a book, if you finish a book, you're like, yeah, I finished that book. But if you beat a game, there's a sense of accomplishment in that you've had a challenge presented mm-hmm. to you and that you have some kind of a role in it. Obviously, like, if you don't pick up the controller and play the game, that game does not play itself. You know, whereas a movie, you can that movie continues to exist. That movie will always exist in some form because somebody made it. It's kind of beautiful. beating mm-hmm. a game is effectively sort of having your own role in it. You yeah. know, it's, it's interactive. Like, I mean, there's no other way to put it, but... Um, Everyone also has a different experience, but I think there's kind of a takeaway where you think that you're like it, there's such a kind of cerebral investment because you do take on these challenges. So there's almost an entitlement that I think comes with that, where it's like if you're good at games, your opinion on games is more valuable. I don't know. It's like it's a different. I feel like it's you're same, all pointing at. Uh, Issues with the games community. Well, I'm saying it's 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 systematic. It's it's, it's attached to the, the games themselves. The you know. Yeah. Also, I would the fact the that industry to be devs. Okay, so also the fact that games have grown up alongside the internet, and that it's kind of had this. There's been this kind of soapbox that's gone with. Like, there's no. There is a very different culture surrounding every other form of media on the internet because mm-hmm. it's just like it's weird. You could play games on your computer before you could watch movies on your computer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I before think before you could listen to music on your computer. That's true. I, I also is, totally agree with the point of like people thinking that yeah. you being a good at, good at a game um, means that you have more of a valid opinion. I've yeah. had someone before be like, how are you qualified to review games? Like what's your KTD or whatever? I'm like, what the hell does that have to yeah. do with my critical voice? Like exactly. that's ridiculous. That doesn't yeah. make any sense at all. Right. Um, but to attach that, uh, it's also the fact that they are rooted in being products and because yeah. of that and because of the fact that they are so expensive to make, they're, fundamentally safer as a medium uh the fact that you can have like we're seeing the beginning of indie games like the fact that you know like comic books were originally made by two people and maybe they'd be working for a larger company to like you know pay the bills or whatever and they'd be forced to do genre stuff yeah Uh, eventually you wind up with you know weird things made by two people in their in their room and they're like well we're broke but we're making this thing we care about you're seeing the beginning of that with with video games you know with with you know firewatch and the witness and things like that um but even then, it is an obscenely expensive thing to create. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and this sort of ties into yeah. sort of going along with that, and then I think more towards what Alana was saying. It ties into the what the last question is. Uh, I think up until relatively recently, uh, the sort of developer voice has been largely homogenized. It's sort of mm-hmm. been the voice of a very so, single group of. Let's jump into that then, because yeah. uh, finally Matt Sweeney says, with all the Oscars happening on Sunday, there was obviously talk of Hollywood whitewashing. What are your thoughts on that? Is that reflected in video games? And I think for Kevin Jackson's question about the games industry and what we don't like, Alana's kind of right. I think we leaned a little heavily on sort of the games community around that. But I think a lot of what I don't like, aside from sort of like exclusivity culture, which makes, if you look at something like Watch Dogs, like the grid of how to get all the content in that game was basically impossible. But one of the, one of the big issues, and Max and I were just talking about this the other day, is sort of that that lack of diversity in perspective and voice that comes from video game protagonists and the video game industry by and large. But I don't think that's just white people not hiring non-white people. I think it goes deeper culturally than that. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you guys think? Well, video games are a, a they are a privileged medium. Yeah, it costs four hundred bucks to get the box that lets you play the things. Mm-hmm. You know, like they show movies on TV. You can get books for free out of the library. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's a certain kind of like price of admission that I think 
kind of comes with privilege, for lack of a better word, or for lack of a word that doesn't make some people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You yep. know, and it's that's kind of it. It's like it's going to having access to a computer to learn how to code and, and get into game development is something that's that requires a computer. Again, yep. expensive thing. So yep. it. You know, it's, it's also it's like, like I, it's, it's a cycle a little yeah. bit. Like uh, one of the things I said about Firewatch is that I feel like the the female character in that game is super unnatural, and all the things that she says, I'm like, I don't think that a woman would say that. But all of the guys I know who played it are like, oh no, I thought she was great. You're like, I, I'm pretty sure she was written by a man, right? And guys see her as natural, but I feel like a lot of women wouldn't. So it's like this this constant cycle where it's like something isn't made for me, then I don't enjoy it as much, but then I don't want to make it because I don't enjoy it as much. Mm-hmm. Of it, so yeah. it just keeps going. Well, that's, that's the thing that pushes people away, right? That's, that's that sort of vicious cycle mentality. But I will say that like, as, the, as the son of European immigrants, having a video game console in my house growing up was like the devil. Like there was a, I, I by all means shouldn't be sitting here in this room right now because mm-hmm. my parents were like, my, my parents are, are teachers and my dad's a professor and my mom's an architect and they didn't want me sitting in front of my television twiddling my thumbs which is literally what they called it they're like you just sit there and twiddle your thumbs and i'm like no i'm i'm like i'm creating stories like i'm 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 learning problem solving i'm learning uh interactions uh I'm, i'm learning narrative and i'm learning overcoming adversity and my friends are coming over this is a social thing for me but my parents were like we don't want this and when when my grades dipped they took my nintendo and they hit it in the house. And then I had the best video game puzzle of all time, which is find it uh, without trying to find anything that your parents don't want you to Turns find. Turns out it was in a pot of sauce, just a big pot of sauce with yeah. an NES in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, speaking which that's, of Italy. that's what they're speaking of Italy. Uh, so, but I think there's a lot of cultures that, that don't bring people up in a video game household, and that doesn't, that automatically sort of creates somebody that isn't a gamer from the jump, mm-hmm. and then doesn't grow up to start coding or developing games. Or voice acting, or painting, or drawing. They get in, you get driven into very specific fields, mm-hmm. and not all of them uh, overlap with what what video games uh, are comprised of. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of a big problem culturally. And Max, you were you were telling me something to that extent the other day too, right? I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I about your fiance. Yeah, so she's um, I mean, she's she's Vietnamese. She's a dentist. Uh, there's that old cliched stereotype about Asians being doctors and dentists and scientists and you know, uh, what is it, STEM fields, you know? Yeah. Uh, and there is a, an emphasis on on getting into smart smart stuff, like doing your homework and getting good grades and succeeding and getting a real job. Yeah. And there's, I feel like, less encouragement in more artsy stuff. And that's that's obviously a huge generalization, but, you know, I, I've seen that with, you know, her family. Like, there's, mm. there's, there's more of an emphasis. Whereas my mom was all, like, artsy-fartsy, like, she grew up in the 60s and was, like, a hippie, and she's mm-hmm. like, yeah, go, you should do art, you should pursue your things. But, coincidentally, she also hated me playing video games. Yeah. Whereas, video games were totally fair game for my fiancé. Mm-hmm. Her parents were like, yeah, whatever, you're inside, you're not... That's such a different experience. Like, There's, um, in trouble. I got into in... games because of my mom, and, like, thinking about it now, the games that I played featured a bear and a female bird, and then there was like <laughs> Jeff Force Gemini, thank you. I played mm-hmm. a lot of, which uh, has playable female character, yeah. and there's Perfect Dark, another playable female character. Like I don't know if my parents picked those games based on that. I can't imagine they would have, but they were so fine. Well, with me I think really, things were already shifting by the time you yeah you like you the, came into the, the fray. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, like, like we grew up with I, I grew up with with with, with like Duke Nukem, you know, mm-hmm. 
And it was just like Top this. Look. Like, he's, he's my favorite woman. Yeah, and, and you know, obviously, giant white elephant in the room. But this, this is there's five white people in, sitting in oh, this yeah. room right oh, now yeah, yeah. talking about diversity and why games should be more diverse. Like the problem is right here as well. And a big problem with that is we hire the people who apply for jobs, and if less people are applying for the jobs than should, then you end up with a bunch of white people, and that kind of sucks. Like. So the way to fix that is if you are outside of just the usual mass of whiteness that surrounds the earth, uh, be loud, get get heard, make ah. do stuff right, yeah. make or video games, draw on, paint, on us like to talk about them more. It is, and but, but that's I mean that's all that's all part of it, right? But like you did a you did an article yesterday that was like a gallery of of black cosplay, mm -hmm. which was. People of color cosplaying as, as different characters, and a lot of the comments were like, well, why is this just covering one part of it? Because that's how problems don't get solved. Yeah. Like when, It's the same thing that happened with people when we started bringing up the misogyny and games issue. They're like, well, everyone on the internet deals with harassment, and that's a kind of good way to sort, or a bad way to kind of just be like, well, the problem's bigger than just the small problem. It's a big problem, so you should address the big problem. And you're like, well, or no, you have to. Or not address it. Or not address it at all, which like, is what usually happens. huge. Just walk away. So I think yeah. if you start small, you can grow from there and get bigger and bigger and bigger. And, yeah. you know, like we always say in these things, I don't think anyone is saying that Every character needs to now suddenly be a, a black Asian female. Like we, not, we don't have to take every strong white male in every game and replace them with that because that's not it's not a like control F replace all type of situation. Mm -hmm. It's these we need stories written from the ground up for characters from different perspectives and not just a, like a, a palette swap. Like it's yeah, it's deeper I than that. I think writing is very. Important. It's it's like what you said about Firewatch, where you're like, okay, this you have this cool female character, but once you get into it, you're like, her writing's not believable to me. Yeah, I don't think she she speaks like a woman at all. Yeah, so so ultimately, that's that's something that needs to be fixed with from the writing perspective, and I think yeah. the Oscars were the same way. That problem doesn't start with black actors being given roles that were meant for Leonardo DiCaprio. It starts with writers writing roles that are meant for great black actors and actresses. But also casting mm -hmm. people like. I was reading something yesterday about how more white women who are playing Asian women have won Oscars than Asian women. Well, that's which yeah. is crazy. Yeah. You can I don't know how many times I curse there. <laughs> no, but that's that's I mean that's you know it's yeah. that's it's that's that's obviously a huge problem. And I think it's like like we're seeing a lot of it in comic book movie stuff too. And they're sort of just like, well, it doesn't really matter because this is all magical and fantastic and nonsensical. So I guess it doesn't matter. But like. It does to a lot of people. So, because some people just grow up being like, "This is the only character I can identify with." You know, if you're yeah, and I think that that can be a really hard thing to explain to people who identify with a lot of characters. Yeah, that's something that uh, people who are used to seeing themselves represented in media don't understand why it's a problem mm -hmm. because they have that comfort in so many things. Whereas yeah. people who don't will be like, "Well, where's someone who's like me who can teach me that I can do this cool stuff and yep. make me feel like a part of this story?" I mean, and I like I'm clearly not black, but I grew up with my mom telling me like. Italians aren't like Super Mario. They're not like the Sopranos. Like no one in my family has never whacked anybody. Like we don't start, stand at funerals with our arms I've, crossed. I've personally seen you kill dozens of turtles. Hundreds. Jumping on them. Yeah. You go down to the park and you, you fish them out. Yeah. Usually yeah, on mushrooms. I just love plumbing. Start a lot of fires. <laughs> I really love plumbing. I just really love rooting my hands around in those old well, turtles. Well, you do really like pizza. I do you really do. love pizza. Remember when you Same. wore that cape for a long time? Yeah. <laughs> that was very strange. And I rode that dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. You surgically had a raccoon tail yeah. just put right I in I missed your... that, Brian. So, I've always I liked Duke Nukem because he looks just like me. Yeah. We look the same. But I, no, but I, yeah. I like Alana. Duke I think Nukem. it's I think it's oh. fascinating that you can tell your story of growing up in the games industry and being like, obviously, there's still a lot 
of work that needs to be done. But the games that you started with already had a better representation of females than the games I started with. That's totally and that's, true. So that means the games... Which is something that, I kind of wasn't even aware of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. My sister really likes games as well and has kind of always played games. I... Again, it's hard to say because everyone I know is in the games community, but I feel like a lot of women I know play games. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway. That's awesome. Yeah. This is going to be the most divisive episode we've ever recorded because yeah. we spent half of it yelling over each other and talking about ham, and then we went into, uh-oh, SJW territory. We're going to yep. get scolded this by the computer disaster, people. Anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Um, I also just want to make the very obvious note that uh, criticizing video games as a medium does not mean that we don't oh, like them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that, that, applies, that applies to literally everything. Yeah. Sure. Criticizing something does not mean you hate it. It usually means you like it because you yeah. want it to be better. Brian look. is criticizing me constantly and I love him because exactly. I have Stockholm Syndrome. Exactly. That's how that works. Go look at the one star reviews on Amazon and most of those people really wanted to enjoy the thing they bought. That garlic press or whatever the hell. <laughs> <laughs> Got them to write a, those crazy people that would do that. I own three copies of Tango and Cash and I hate that movie. Do you really? No, I love that movie. But that movie is horrible. You know, my question was really about the three copies. <laughs> <laughs> I think I gave one away by accident to the trash man by throwing it in the garbage. Anyway, thank you for listening to Podcast Beyond. Tango and Cash is an interesting I'm starting to feel real hot from all this ham. It's very warm in here. It's got the meat. You get the meat sweats real bad, real greased up from the honey glaze and the... It does not look good from that. I'm sorry, Alana. I have not seen it from that side. From right here, it's a very beautiful, like, I got a good shred. Looks like Right up here in the front. Looks like a video game enemy. One out of every three Bloodborne bosses. Alright, so if you have any questions about why in God's name do they let us do this podcast, you can email them to us, beyond at IGN.com. Brian is going up to the camera to show off a picture of the ham if you're watching this on video. Uh, if you've never seen us on video... Piece of it fell. Uh, Ew! Stop. Just, just take it. There he is. Thank you. Thank you for listening. This is fun. Thank you for listening. And once again, thank you for listening and we're sorry. Beyond. 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 Ham. 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 Thanks for listening. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.